0: College circuit speaker Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host Jesse Mogul. Awesome to have you here again. Let's jump right in. So we discussed having an open mind. Two episodes when we brought the show back from a hiatus, and then last week we talked about how to gamify and really prepare yourself for each term. We discussed how you gamify your preparation. We also discussed writing yourself out a little time capsule experience letter, letting yourself know what you'd like to experience. You develop what those kind of experiences will be for you by going through your semester bucket list and knowing what events and what kind of things you would like to introduce into your life during that semester. Then you made up some music playlists so that you could easily and effortlessly pop into each version of yourself you need to be on any given day to be the version of yourself that you want to be. There's a lot of bees in there. Bees, bees, I love bees. They make our lunch. And then of course, we visualized who we wanted to see ourselves as so that we could begin to implant those images into our head in order to achieve the desired outcome. Obviously, understanding that expectations of who we're going to be or what something's going to turn out to become are going to morph. They're going to be different once we get to sort of that end goal, that end line, Uh, because nothing ends up being the way we exactly pictured it in our heads. But by visualizing it, you begin to play it out as if it's already something that you can do. And then that just segues us perfectly into this episode, because one of the bigger expectations placed upon me by Grand Canyon University in order to achieve my master's degree to become a clinical mental health counselor is this essay. These essays, APA style from book seven, APA style seven. I mean, it's intense and it's a lot. And for those of you in the college experience like I am, well, currently... (laughs) understand that there are a lot of parameters you have to follow in order to write at an academic level. Years have gone by. I have written for television. I've written for radio. I've written for you know YouTube. I've written for my own podcast. I've written for blogs. I've written, I've written, I've written, but nothing at the level that is expected uh, in the higher education academia world. They want things that come off as very professional because people who are very professional will read them. And so what we're going to walk you through today is how I prepare myself for these essays because they are only 1,250 words and they're not tolerant of fluff. So each word, you want to make sure it's strategic. I make sure it's strategic. It's in there for a purpose. It's moving the thesis along. It's taking the introduction and it's moving us towards the conclusion. Now, for those of you who may not write, essays, you might think there's no need for this. But the way I break down this process is crucial to understanding how you can break down any individual large task and begin to make it something that's tangibly possible to be done. Because we can look at, let's say, uh, cleaning our house, and it might be an absolute disaster, or it could be cleaning the garage, or it could be remodeling a room in our home, or it could be mending a relationship. There are a lot of different pieces that are going to come into play, and this is why understanding how to break down what you perceive as complicated tasks and a tiny, manageable little actions, little behaviors you can do, allows them to feel achievable when you're in the middle of the muck and mire. Because when we're in the denseness of an activity that we really want to do well on, we really want to achieve, the different varying steps of that, while they are going to be different based upon the activity that we are seeking to do in order to achieve the outcome that we desire, yes, those pieces will obviously be different. Cleaning your bathroom is not going to be the same as mending a, a relationship that you have ignored and now you want to reinstill some strength into. Getting a good grade on an essay is not going to be the same kind of steps that it might take to go wash your car. But there are steps nonetheless. And noticing how you break those down and which of your five senses you're utilizing in order to achieve those accomplishments in your life will give you an amazing sense of understanding of the inner workings of your own mind. Because it's happening every single second of your life. Are you aware of how you are actually achieving things? So what are some key definitions that you're going to want to know for this episode? I referenced it in the last episode, kinesthetic, auditory, and visual. These are just fancy little words for your five senses of touch, sight, and sound. Now, there is taste and smell. Taste is um, gustatory, and smell is olfactory. Um, There's actually a a band I love named Fish, and they've got this one line in one of their songs, I get so overwhelmed by olfactory use," right? Because smell and taste very much are strong ways that we create memories in our head. You can all think back to a Thanksgiving day when the pie freshly came out of the oven or grandma making her favorite recipe and you know serving it to us as a child. We know what it's like to smell fresh bread coming out of the oven or a fresh pizza when you walk into that you know, pizza place. We have tastes and smells, but they tend to be secondary to our ability to touch things, see things, and hear things. So we're going to talk a lot about kinesthetic, auditory, and visual And if I bring up olfactory and gustatory, just know that olfactory, just think of like ol, it's like your nose. Um, It's like if there's like a factory in your nose, helping you understand smells. And then gustatory, which is just the ability to taste and what that might taste like. So kinesthetic, auditory, visual, olfactory, gustatory. Uh, Whenever I talk about this and teach this in NLP, it's called VACOG. We put them in that acronymic order so that you can actually just say VACOG. And everybody knows you're talking about visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, and gustatory. So if I say VACOG at any point in time, just know that I'm talking about all five of your senses, touch, taste, sight, sound, and smell. So those are the big definitions I wanted to get out now because I don't want that to get confusing later. Other than that, we can go ahead and dive right in. So when it's time to do an essay. Now, because of the way that the software is built, I can actually see the essays that are coming up and I could actually be doing those weeks in advance. But right now I'm to the point where just doing each essay when it's due has been my preferred method because there's a lot. That goes into each one of these essays. As I get more efficient and effective with my research and my writing, I have no doubt I'll be able to start skipping ahead, which would be very beneficial because there's just some times where I would love to just not have the pressures of school seemingly right upon my shoulders. And on top of the 1,250-word essay due every Wednesday night at midnight, there's also two 200-word essays that also have to be academically researched and written according to APA styling with references. So there's a lot of different moving parts to these. So, I'm going to walk you through how, over the last eight weeks of being in school, I have developed a system that has allowed me to break down these very complex tasks into very manageable pieces. And then you'll be able to start noticing ways in which you can also be doing the same for your projects or tasks because. There's an infinite amount of variables and variations to what a task might be in your world. And I'm not going to sit here and toss out 15 different examples for each one of these topics in hopes that you finally see where it connects in your life. Your brain is going to naturally start making connections. It's just up to you to be aware and notice that you're making these connections. Self-awareness is a huge part of emotional intelligence. It is the first block of it. There's four key components to emotional intelligence and self-awareness is the first one. Self-management, social awareness, and relationship management are the other three. And you can find out more about this by listening to this show. I know I've done emotional intelligence episodes in the past, but I do not remember the episode numbers. Or if you just want to Google emotional intelligence, you'll notice that there's an emotional intelligence 2.0 book, and there are tons of blogs written about this. So if you feel like you know, going down a rabbit hole on emotional intelligence, the internet and Google are your playground, or whatever your preferred search mechanism is. If you think the man is just spying on you every time you get on Google, and he is. So back to the back to the lesson at hand. So, let's discuss how I take these essays and I break them down into tangible things to do. So, first thing, let's just imagine that it's Thursday morning. I have turned in everything for the previous week and now the next week's portal opens and I'm actually able to turn in assignments. The first thing that I do is that I carefully and slowly read each one of the essay questions and any specific instructions that the instructor wants me to know about what needs to be accomplished in order to achieve maximum grade on the essay. I repeat, it's like literally opening up the instruction manual to a brand new item that you've bought and actually opening it up and reading it. Now I know, As somebody who has put up countless ceiling fans and put together, you know, exercise equipment or, you know, put on a new license plate or, you know, fixed a light bulb in my ceiling, certain things I feel like I just already know the answers to. And that's fine, except that... Sometimes things change and you're not so sure. And there are going to be opportunities where you might be able to open up something that's a technology device and say, yeah, I can figure this out. Other times it might be really helpful to just peruse the instruction manual. Well, whenever the portal opens up, I make sure that I slowly read all the instructions and any special announcements that have been made about the essays. Because it's important to me to know where I need to start. Where do I need to start? Are there any special new things that make this essay different than the last essay? I know this is important because she had announced some very particular things after we all turned in essay one because she noticed that we were all making similar mistakes and wanted to remedy those so that we were not doing those in essay two. I read the announcements. I even went back and asked her some questions, and she, a little snipily, you know, a little snidely um, in her tone, at least with her words, like "Make sure you read the announcement." And I'm like, "I did read the announcement, and here's a copy and paste of the part I'm not uh, quite sure about. Can you please expand?" Um, and I've done this twice, and both times she's come back and be like, "You know what? You're right. That does read a little off. Right? Don't just assume that they're going to go back and read what they wrote." give them a excerpt from what's confusing you and let them know specifically this is where my problem is. I have read what you told me to read and I'm still not clear. I looked at the instruction manual and I still don't understand it. This would be great if some of these ceiling fans had these kind of instruction manuals where I could just write the the production company of this and say, what the hell am I supposed to do (laughs) right here because this picture isn't clear. So step one, Read thoroughly all the instructions for the assignment. Even if you think you already know them, read through them anyways, because a stitch in time saves nine. You might see something there that's going to save you time later and nothing sucks more than spending an hour trying to figure something out to go back to the instructions just to find out that that part wasn't important and they actually changed it and you didn't even need to do that part. Yeah, it's a relief knowing you now don't have to figure that thing out. But it doesn't make the fact that you just wasted an hour any less tougher of a pill to swallow. So first things first, read the instruction manual. Second thing is figure out what the pieces are to accomplish this project. And I am in my head breaking this down. Like I just got done putting a ceiling fan up in my home yesterday. And, I, and this is the sixth one that we've put up in our house. So I have a system for this now. And I am very much picturing how I take apart a box full of a fan and lay it out before I do this. So if you wonder why I'm going to continue going back to this example of a fan, it's because in my head, um, I notice the similarities between putting a ceiling fan up and preparing for an essay. Step two. Figure out all the pieces you're going to need in order to accomplish the project. I know that my discussion questions need to have at least one scholarly resource. And it can't be the same, and then, you know, that for both discussion questions. And then I also know that my essay needs to have four scholarly resources. So I've read through the prompts, the questions for each of the essays, um, the discussion questions, those are 200 word assignments, and then for the big dog, the big essay, and that's four scholarly resources, usually with six prompts or six questions that need to be answered within this essay. So that tells me I need at minimum six scholarly resources. So the first thing I do is realize that these are very important pieces that I need to have done. I need to have figured out, pull them out of the box, lay them out, make sure they're all there and ready to go. So I find out what the main point is in each of the discussion questions and I go into the scholarly resources area of the online library and I type in keywords in order to start pulling up Um, scholarly articles and books and literature that is going to meet at least topic-wise the needs for this discussion question then I have figured out that you don't have to read the entirely scholarly resource in order to figure out if it's going to achieve what you want there's this thing called an abstract at the beginning That's going to give you a a broad overview of what the scholarly resource covers. There's also the introduction. And then at the end, there's like a conclusion or a conversation area. Going to these three key areas lets me know if the content inside this scholarly resource is going to meet the parameters I need for it to meet in order for it to become a worthwhile scholarly resource for me to research. So much like the fan, I've laid all the pieces out and I've investigated them to make sure that they're accurate and in order so that they can actually use them in the appropriate way to get this ceiling fan up on the ceiling. So now I've done this for my two discussion questions and now I go off and I do this for the essay question. I generally like to prepare six references instead of four Just in case um, a couple of them don't work out, I had that experience in essay one and, you know, 11th hour, I had to go find two new resources because I just couldn't make these work to honor the thesis I had created in the introduction. Very similar to putting together the fan, I realized that whenever I'm going to gather up my tools in order to put the fan on the ceiling, that I might want to grab some other tools just in case the ones that I have generally been using don't necessarily work here. yes. Most fans are going to use a Phillip head screw, but some of them strip very easily because they made a soft metal. So it's better to have a flathead screwdriver there with you. I also want a a powerful drill and a less powerful drill so I don't split wood or crack fan blades with the powerful drill. I want to have one that's a little slower and it's better suited for it. Much like with the with the scholarly resources for the essay, some of them can be powerful and have a lot of words and be very in-depth. Others can actually be quite short and to the point. And those are actually more beneficial as the resource to utilize for you know backing up this particular topic in this particular paragraph. So now I've got my Two resources, one for each of the discussion questions. Now I've got my six academic resources for the big dog, the big 1250 word essay. So now I've got eight resources. Everything is laid out on my computer screen, all in its own tab. Now, am I going to be working on this right now or am I going to be working on this later? When it comes to the fan, sometimes I just want to get everything out, but all of a sudden I realize, wow, there's a lot of things going on here. I don't have the time for this, but I'm glad I laid everything out so that now I feel prepared. All my tools are available to me. All the parts are in place. Everything is organized. I know exactly the steps that I need to go in. It's just right now isn't the best time. So one of the, My next step in preparing the essay is copying and pasting over the URLs over into my notes app on my Apple laptop. And each one of these uh, weeks has its own individual note all into a folder called GCU. Perfect. Now I can have my discussion question one. Here's the scholarly resource for that. Discussion question two, scholarly resource for that. Big dog, six scholarly resources for that. I've got all of my URLs saved. I can now close all of my tabs and I am prepared to work on this essay whenever it's more convenient to me. Much like putting together the ceiling fan, I want to be able to get all the tools and all the pieces together, but I also want to make sure that I can set them off into a place where they won't be disturbed whenever I can actually get to it. Where in your life are you preparing things for a project, but perhaps you don't organize them effectively or set them off somewhere. So later on, when you come back that day, your roommates have moved them all around, or you had to push everything out of the way hastily because you had to take something out of the oven. And for whatever reason, you put all your study resources in your kitchen, or maybe you've got everything on the dining room table, but you're not taking into account that in four hours, the family's going to want to eat and they're all going to need that space and all your shit's all over it. Pardon my French. How are you gathering up your resources, right? We've read the instruction booklet. You've gathered up all the resources you're going to need to accomplish this task, but have you organized them in a way that you can now set them off to the side if you need a longer period of time for accomplishment? You might even go do it right now, start up on some of those discussion questions, but then it's dinner time or it's time for a client or it's time to go to the gym Okay, I need to be able to get up from my computer and know that when I come back, I don't have to search and hunt around for what I need. What's very interesting is I've figured out a system already and how I organize the, um, the tabs in my operating system. So I use Safari, and I'm very mindful of knowing how my tabs are organized. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll control, what is it, uh, command T, Yeah, Command-T opens up a whole new one and it's called Start Page on my computer. And I'll open up ones like that and I'll just leave them empty. So it just says Start Page. And then I'll put the open windows, the open tabs for discussion question one all the way to the left. And then I'll Control-T, there's a little Start Page. It separates the next tabs that are open for discussion question two. Control-T, Start Page opens up. And then I put the rest of my references for the big dog to the right of that. And now as I'm utilizing those, I can keep them very well organized. I know as I'm writing the paper that oh, I I, I pulled this part out. I'm going to paraphrase it. Great, paraphrase that part. If I know the instant in citation at the time, I put it in there. If not, I. Uh, click it to bold. I put caps on and I put it in parentheses cite. So now I know to go back and cite that. I can even put a little initial for which one it is. It could be BG4. That lets me know that it's the big dog and it's the fourth tab. And now I know where I can go find that citation later. And I've highlighted it on the screen or I've even copied and pasted it over into my notes with a particular paragraph. So I'm very well organized as I put these things together. So I'm not wasting time trying to figure out how to get back to being organized. And it works the same way with the fan, right? There, there's oftentimes a beam, this little like mounting pole, right? That's when you take a fan down, it it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. It's generally just a black and a white wire that's up in the ceiling. And then you've just got to connect the the corresponding wires from the fan up into the ceiling. And the beautiful part about it is it gives you a mounting bracket. So the first thing you do whenever you take everything down is just put the mounting bracket up. And then you start looking at all the pieces of the fan and realizing that because there's this rod that's ultimately going to slide into the mounting bracket up top, there's a certain order that all these accessories need to come in so that you can cover up the rod that touches the ceiling. But you can also cover up all the screws that are at the top, but also the the base of this fan. So it's at the top of the fan where the motor is going to be spinning around. But in con- but in relation to this entire project getting built down from the ceiling, it's actually at the base of this entire apparatus. So there's going to be something that slides upside down. So it cups the ceiling. And another thing that's going to be slid right side up. So it cups all of the screws and the motor housing. But if you don't know that, if you're just hastily putting stuff together, next thing you know, you've got this whole thing up and you're starting to screw it in. And you're like, oh man, I put that thing up, upside down. You want to keep things organized. You want to know what pieces to put together in what order. I'm very much in tune with this idea that I'm not going to worry about my thesis. I'm not going to worry about the introduction or writing the, um, the conclusion until the paper is done. I have a general idea of what I want this paper to express based off the prompts I've been given. But there's no reason for me to have to write it now because I could end up changing so much that the introduction and the conclusion are, to me, the last things. Because now I've written the entire paper, where did it go? How did my point of view change from what was originally going to be written to how it is actually having been written? So it's very important to me to know that I once wasted an hour writing an introduction. Just to go back to that introduction, once I'd written um, all five paragraphs to realize <laughs> the way I discussed these prompts did not match with my introduction. So know, know what needs to be done in what order. If I was going to write a, you know, a final thesis, based off of my own research and my own scientific experiments to come up with my PhD thesis. Yes, it would be very important that I knew what outcome I was trying to get to well before I started to um, go through the scientific research. It doesn't mean that the scholarly research and the experiments I do will get me to the outcome, but I want to know what outcome I'm seeking. So then I can know whether I've proved my thesis to be strong or whether I've actually proved it to not be strong, which can be just as powerful of a paper. So either way, I want to know in what order do I want to be able to create and finish these paragraphs in. Just like the fan, I need to know what order to assemble the fan in. So now I'm sitting here and I'm writing. And now I and I understand that I'm I'm trying to move through these prompts. The question the questions are presented by the professor. I have to answer the questions. So I copy and paste each one of the questions over into Grammarly. So one, it makes sure that I don't write like a moron. But two, it also highlights things that I could, you know, use synonyms better or where I've missed periods and capitalizations. It's amazing. I can't even begin to tell you how important Grammarly has been to my academic success in these last two months. And in fact, I wrote my entire book college success habits in Grammarly. And when I turned it into the copy editor, she was marveled at how much more prepared for her stage I was than her previous clients. And when I told her about Grammarly, she's like, that's it. Most people don't try to write in that. They just write off the top of their head and they wonder why (laughs) it doesn't sound right. Because most of us are just, we write how we talk, but that's not necessarily how people want to read. And so you want to be using different words. If you keep reusing words like important or use or rational in your paper, at some point it becomes very repetitive and the mind goes into trance mode. So Grammarly helps me keep somebody attentive to my paper by offering me synonyms and anonyms and ways of maneuvering sentences around so that they read more appropriately for my academic level. So now I'm sitting here, I'm writing everything in Grammarly, and as I'm writing, I'm looking for places that the excerpts I've taken from the scholarly resources will back up or not back up. Because sometimes I I want the scholarly resource to actually go against what it is I'm writing, because that's the prompt that the professor gave me. And so now we're sitting here and we're doing the writing process. Much like with building the fan, once you get into the nitty-gritty Go with the flow. When you get yourself in a flow, have set aside enough time to stick with it, to at least get through this paragraph or the next three. Like you don't want to be halfway through putting ceiling fan blades on and then stop. It's going to be um, off center, It's going to be imbalanced, and it can actually cause some damage to the fan motor housing unit to have one side heavier than the other. It's very similar to writing an essay. I don't want to stop mid-sentence. I want to make sure that i set aside an hour or two to write this particular paragraph and be able to get it out of my head and so that it's now it's down. And the biggest phase for me is just getting something down on paper, getting something into Grammarly. I'm a much better editor than I am a writer. And for those of you out there who get shocked and stunned by the empty page and find yourself in writer's block mode, I highly recommend that you just start writing. Just get something down. Even if you end up cutting and pasting the hell out of it, even if you end up, you know, going into Grammarly and it changes everything cuz it was written like slop um, even if you're using artificial intelligence to write, which I would not recommend because I know universities are frowning upon that, but I'm not going to be a dumbass here and not mention that it exists because we all know it exists and it actually it can do a really good job of copy editing if you prompt it accordingly and say, "Hey, don't change any of my words, don't change my writing style, just read through this and let me know where there's some errors." You'd be amazed. It's like it looks like a teacher with a red pen went through it. So there is opportunities to utilize AI to be your copy editor. Just don't let it become your writer. And then once I have written my first draft, I step away, I go do another activity and I just let it sit and be the way that it is. And much like the ceiling fan, once the thing's been put up, you've got to turn it on and you've got to let the thing run for a little bit because it might start making some weird noises and you're going to have to figure that out. And when it does, you get to come back and you get to figure out where the issues are, just like with the essay. Now I've written it for the first time. You know, I put a great deal of effort into the first draft. So second draft really should just be tightening up, cutting and pasting and moving some things around to make sure that they're in a a very well-organized manner so that it sounds and reads like I'm flowing through this topic. Once I've done that, I'm now time for citations. This is where the ceiling fan sort of ends because now the ceiling fan's up. But again, perhaps I could bring that. Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe it's time to bring in the ceiling fan again because I like to go through and tighten all the screws and tighten all the bolts and make sure everything is good one last time. This is the opportunity with the essay to go back through, read it up a little bit, make sure you're happy with the way things are flowing. I move it from Grammarly over into the Word document where the format of an APA-style thesis essay has already been built. And I start making sure everything goes in there accordingly. It's got to be double-spaced. There's got to be indentations. And I want to make sure my citations in sentence are correct. So I read all over those. Those are always bold. I always bold all of my in-sentence citations until it's the final read through. And then that's when I unbold everything. And I know that there's not a period at the end of the sentence and a period behind the in-sentence citation because I will definitely lose points for doing that boom, paper done. I'm not going to get into the whole reference and thing, but yes, there's always the reference and that's even more attention to detail. But as far as writing the, the essay goes, those are the major components that I have literally figured out in just the last four weeks on how to write an effective essay. Those first four weeks I was in school, For the first class, it was only four weeks. Um, It was a rough go of things, and I really didn't habituate any of this. Moving into the new class, this one on addiction and substance awareness, I really decided to focus in on how I was writing an essay and figure out a system, and I've just walked you through it. Read the instruction booklet. Know exactly what is expected of you in in this essay, in this assignment, in this task in general. What is expected? If it doesn't come with an instruction booklet, write down what the expectation is of the final product so that you can get as close to it as possible through your actions. Number two, begin to organize all the tools, all the supplies, and any of the ingredients you're going to need in order to accomplish this task, this goal, or this essay to the fullest of your abilities. Nothing is more flow-stopping. Then right in the middle of something, not having the right screwdriver or the right scholarly resource or the right ingredient and then having to go to the store to get it or having to hunt through your garage to find it or having to dig around on the internet to locate it. All of that is freaking annoying. You're in flow, right? Once you're in the writing process, you want to stay in that flow process because it can be be a smidge bit difficult for some of us to get into. So be able to ride that wave know that you have prepared yourself to be in the middle of that wave tube. I'm going to keep using surfing reference here, right? No surfer wants to find themselves in the middle of the tube and that they didn't wax their board well enough to be able to maintain their, their most proper posture in order to hold that wave for as long as possible. They want to ride that freaking wave. Make sure you can ride that wave organize your resources, organize your tools, organize your ingredients, know what you need to have in order to accomplish this goal. Because yes, your physical actions are a huge part in accomplishing any goal, but there's always going to be a resource or a tool or an ingredient, something you're going to need that's going to help make this task a reality in completion. So now you've organized everything read the instruction booklet, organized all your resources, and now you get down into it and you keep it organized and you put things together in the appropriate order for you. Now with the fan, right, some people would put the, the ceiling cup on and then they would go and they might start messing around with the ceiling fan blades. But a fan has to be put together in a certain order and for, in order for it to get up on the ceiling in the correct way. But there are some areas for your own style, right? Right girlfriend happens to like to take all the ceiling flam blades out and make sure all the screws are going to align because once it's up on the ceiling, it's very hard to do that. Whereas I like to put together all of the couplings that are going to go up on the, the rod that goes up into the ceiling. I like to get those things done. With an essay, I'm not going to write my introduction or my conclusion until the essay is already written so I can see where I went with the material. When it comes to cleaning my house, I might get all my cleaning supplies together But where somebody might like to start with the shower, I like to finish with the shower. I start high and finish low. So when I go to clean, some people might be like, oh, I like to do the toilet bowl first. I like to go up, you know, and start... Is there anything on the walls that needs to be cleaned? Yes, the toilet is usually second or third for me because my hands are going to get dirty touching toilet brushes and just being around an area where, you know, that kind of waste matter is exposed. Now I've cleaned that. I've washed my hands and now I can clean the sink. I can do all the cleaning. Now I've got myself down. Mirror is actually the last thing I always clean because anything could splash on it while I'm cleaning otherwise. And then I move everything towards the bathtub because I like to clean the bathtub while I'm in the bathtub. So I will, the, the bathtub will be the, the very, very, very last thing cleaned because then I can be in there and when it's all said and done as I'm cleaning it, I can also shower and be cleaned from the cleaning process of the bathroom. That's my order. But you might have your own order that you've grown accustomed to. Know the order in which things are going to need to be done and be flexible. Principle number six on how you accomplish it. Because you might discover that cleaning the bathtub first, and then you hear me saying, I just get in the bathtub and clean it while taking a shower. It's like, oh, that's a genius idea. Be flexible. Know where you can shift, especially a big project like an essay. Got to know where I can make shifts, right? Now I'm in it. I'm flowing with it. I make sure that I only end at the appropriate time. I step away from it for a little bit to make sure that everything is working correctly. I come back, I reread everything, I tighten it up, and now I'm ready to go ahead and move it over into the software. And once it's into the Microsoft Word, I can check all my in-sentence citations. I can read it one last time. I unbold everything. I make sure everything's in Times New Roman 12. And now the essay is done. And that is how I build an essay. And you can very much easily see all of the different ways this can actually play into your own life. Reading the instructions, figuring out your resources, understanding the order in which you want things done, doing the actual task, stepping away and allowing your eyes to freshen up a little bit, coming back X amount of time later with fresher eyes, Look over all of your work. Make sure that there's no areas that need tightening up. Tighten it up where it needs to be tightened up. And then, you know, at least with the essay, we just move it over into the Microsoft Word. We look it over one last time. Unbold everything. Times New Roman. Font 12. Ready for reference page. And you can break things down, no matter what it is. The three big, huge aspects of this are understand reading the instruction manual, knowing what's expected of you, getting your resources together, and then getting into it. And you'd be amazed if you're cleaning your bathroom and you come back 20-30 minutes later, you're going to see a little bit of dirt in the corner you didn't notice. Or you're going to see a a little piece of the ring around the, the toilet bowl that you didn't get. You'd be amazed what your eyes will see differently when you just step away from something for a little bit of time and then come back to it. So I'm a big fan of the step away, come back, tighten things up, and then that's it. Now you can finalize it and you can know that you have done it to the best of your abilities. For me, that requires it getting moved over into the... software and then tightened up one last time and then boom shakalaka ready to go. So if you've done any essays or you have essays coming up, I'm a huge fan of this system. Um, it will be ongoingly developed and as it grows and continues to mature and evolve, I will let you in on any changes that have occurred that have massively uh, shifted my experience of this. But so far I've gone from it taking 30 hours to do my first day essay down to 15 hours for my fourth essay. And I'm very much looking forward to being able to do the complete essay in under six hours, uh, which should not be hard. Writing 1,250 words should not take that long, but it's getting these scholarly resources together and making sure that everything is going to back up what I'm writing that has become the most time-consuming element. So I often will pull the resources on Thursday write both my discussion questions on Friday. I will continue doing research on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm fully prepared for Monday, which is the writing of the essay. Then that gives me Tuesday and Wednesday to look it over. On Wednesday, I meet with a writing tutor to just make sure that everything looks good. And then I'm able to send it off at midnight on Wednesday uh, after one last reading at like 1130, just with fresh eyes, read it over. Again, make sure that you're happy with it because you're going to get a grade. And after all that effort, don't you want it to be the best grade possible? Just like after all that effort putting up the fan, nothing sucks more than having there be this squeaky sound that came from not checking all the screws before you started covering things up. We had that happen to us the other day and had to spend 30 minutes reverse engineering every single thing that we had done until we found the two loose screws. All because we didn't step away, come back and check our work. I'm telling you. Stitching time really does save nine. That's how I write an essay, my friends. I would love to hear how this actually equates into your life. Go over to Instagram at Jesse Mogul. Uh, send me a DM. Let me know if you would rather to send me an email. By all means, you could send me one at collegesuccesshabits at gmail.com. That's an email address I set up just for you guys. By all means, go over there and check it out. Um, but I don't always check it. So if you really, really, really want to get a hold of me, go to jessymogle.com slash ask me and click on the button that says, how can I help you ask me a question and let me know how this information's helped you. The best way to get a hold of me is absolutely going to jessymogle.com slash ask me, clicking on one of those buttons and filling out the little thing. Send me your information. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. That was 40 minutes. I was hoping to do this in less. I will work at getting these into be about 20 minutes. But until then, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. See you next time, my friends. Bye-bye.